Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. Socks on tap, little rain delay theater action here. Uh, late on this Tuesday evening, I'm Johnny Nani, NWI Steve, Tony Marchese joining me here. White Sox trailed twins 8-2, bottom of the eighth, rain delay. Guys, this game's basically over, so it might as well just be called, but regardless, official status still there. So this is Socks on tap, rain delay theater. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? I'm fucking miserable, <laughs> Jonathan. I'm absolutely fucking miserable. This team makes me fucking sick right now. Make me I'm sick. sick and tired of losing these goddamn motherfuckers. I just like see- seeing Steve get worked up. That's the only reason we did this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's great to see him get worked up. I mean, you know, we, we had some good conversation throughout the weekend as the Sox were taking care of uh, San Francisco. Things looked all right there. And remember and then, I told everybody what was going to happen this week? Yeah, because I've told you a million times that negative energy brings negative results, Steve. Johnny, how are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, guys, Johnny told I'm me back. not to get up for the letdown. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm activated, though, guys. I'm back. Like, yeah, you're back. player will be back. I'm back from the Sox on Tap IL. So it, it's good to be back here chatting with you guys, regardless of uh, these circumstances. But you know what? At the same time, it's just getting back into the swing of things. This is nothing new from when, before I left. Hey. Same shit. Different day. Same, same. Yeah. But different. Yeah. It's still same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. I mean, dude, maybe, maybe I just need to like have these events because like more often where I'm like gone. I know it's like doesn't work out for us logistically all the time, but from a White Sox performance perspective, this wedding that I was at this last weekend, if you remember the bachelor party was back when they were in the midst of that six game winning streak that they had, what was that early May? Mm-hmm. So when I was gone there, they swept the Red Sox that weekend. I'm gone for this one, and they sweep the Giants. And then I come back, and we're chitting down our pants, chitting down our legs against the Twins here, guys. So what you're saying is that we should just send you like Somewhere, permanently yeah. working remotely from a different state. Yeah, I guess so. I Either guess that, or the... you need to get some. You need to make some new friends that are yeah married here in short right. order. Yeah, yeah. Just to people like White Sox fans, if you want the team to do well, you just need to like invite me out to your things, and I can like not be featured in it, but just there. And then that way, we bring the good mojo for the White Sox. That that's what I think the answer is here. I think you should just start a a, a wedding DJ business. Yeah, and you should yeah, just go you. DJ people's weddings. Yeah, yeah, I should. You could yeah. be DJ Blue. Ray. You, 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 you DJ Lot B very well. I think you could go DJ people's weddings. You'll be at a wedding yeah. all the time, and you know, it, 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 just trying to help out here. Yeah, he's up with creative thoughts. I like a guy, White Sox. Sally says time for ninety to go get the Wisconsin flu. There's an option as well. So we we got a, we got a few in the works here. That that could work as well, but. Guys, 
Well, since we're like I said, we'll we'll try and update it if they if we see anything on when they're coming back. There, there's nothing uh, as of yet, but they might as well just just put us out of our misery. Let, let, let's talk generally, though. There, though, a big storyline surrounding the team today was Eloy back in the clubhouse. So his rehab stint presumably over. So he'll play, he'll play in the next couple of days here. Um, Steve had written an article up about it on tipsportsnet.com. Great dive into kind of the two sides that we've seen to Eloy Jimenez throughout his time with the White Sox, but. I guess the question that I'm posing here, we'll go to Tony first, is will Eloy Jimenez make impactful production for the White Sox when he does finally officially return? You know, I think he will um, make some impact within this lineup. And and the reason I say that is because this team has lacked all sorts of fun all year. And if there's a guy, and I'm trying to look on the positive side here just to get Steve a little more angry. Uh, is, you know, Eli's going to come back. He's going to provide that fun. He's going to provide laughter laughter for all these other guys. He's going to do some stupid shit. We're going to get mad about it online. He's going to hit some home runs, something that this team has desperately lacked. The, the, the one thing that I want Eloy to do when he comes back is just fucking hit home runs, like all the time. This team has had so much trouble doing it. He is one of the biggest bats in this lineup that can do the thing that the White Sox need them need him to do is hit home runs. So I'm going to will this and speak it into existence. Eloy Jimenez will come back. He will hit the ball far like Steve wants, and the team will start to go farther. It's got to start somewhere. No one in this White Sox lineup thus far this season outside of a spurt from Jake Berger has been able to put the ball out of the ballpark consistently. Eloy Jimenez has to be that guy. He needs to be the savior. He needs to come down from the heavens and save this team. Yeah, that, that's when you're talking storylines there, Tony. That's absolutely what they could use there. Steve, tell us about some of the drawbacks, though. Maybe just a couple highlights from your article. Obviously, everybody go check that out on tapsportsnet.com for the full breakdown with the numbers, stats, trends, all of that uh, that Steve outlined there. But j- just tell us a little bit what, what the concerns are here, Steve, and, and the possible two sides of Eloy that you, that you could see. Well, the biggest thing is he's just not generating any loft in his swing. Um, you know, through the first two seasons, 2019 and the COVID-shortened 2020 season, I mean, he had a home run fly ball rate of like 28.3%. And then since then, the number has dropped to just – roughly over 20%. So you have an 8% decrease in that. There, there's a Steve, I just said, I right want to stop you and interject right here. What year did Frank Mechino become the hitting coach? Um, Anthony, I believe he became the hitting coach in 2020, 2020, actually. It was 2020. Okay. So less loft since Frank? Well, he had the, he had the loft. He had his highest slugging percentage during that, 60 game season okay i'm just curious yeah so it's maybe, not, it's maybe, not maybe a direct tweaks yeah. didn't, I mean, didn't Greg, i'm just trying to look at reasons for why it's not a causation but you're looking for a correlation there yes. right? yeah yeah i'm looking yeah. for some correlation yeah. <laughs> you know and then the the other thing is um he's just he's hitting so many along with not generating the loft in his swing he's hitting significantly more ground balls um during this rehab stint in charlotte two-thirds of the balls he's putting in play are on the ground that's not going to work so, I mean, I, I don't know. The, I've talked to some people that kind of joke around and have been referring to him as Eloy Hosmer 
for the last you know two or three months here because that's what Eric Hosmer became uh, before he left Kansas City. And then when he signed that big contract with San Diego, he's just a ground ball merchant. And playing in that ballpark down in Charlotte, that is the absolute launching pad of the International League, Granted, yes, he's hit two home runs in his last five games, so maybe there is some sort of an adjustment that is being made, but that's not a great indicator for me personally. And if you watch some of the video here, the lead kick that he had is a lot less exaggerated at this point. And somebody I talked to pretty regularly kind of made the joke that it almost looks like he's trying to employ the your mean Mercedes to strike, just put the ball in play approach the minute he steps in the batter's box. And that's not really ideal for a guy that's, you know, what 25 now that they need to hit the ball out of the ballpark. So I'm just hoping that this hamstring situation is fully resolved, that he's got his legs underneath him. And please, for the love of God, just start hitting the ball in the air. Someone. Yeah. Yeah, no, Steve, all good points. And obviously you fleshed that out a little bit more uh, in that post on tapsportscent.com. Go check it out on the White Sox tab there. Um, but I, I'd i said this before when we, we were talking about rehab stints for him and how he's performing over some of those. And obviously the little setback that he had. Tony, I believe it was you and I uh, on that. And, and I think we, we've all kind of just had this conversation together when we were at games or just shooting the shit or whatever it may be. Um, but I just kind of like baseline it because, you know, the never get up for the letdown mentality just kind of baseline it is that I expect nothing. And then anything you get on top of it is just gravy. So that's kind of where I'm at, but obviously you, uh, you guys told me you bribe like that. You bring up the energy point because there's been a lack of fun with this team. Like let's go, let's go a little bit beyond the numbers there. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you on that, but then at the same time, you've taken into consideration the performance and how he has actually looked down there at Charlotte in his you know, very lengthy granted spread out a little bit. Uh, rehab assignment and the, those returns aren't super encouraging but um i will say that one thing that was at least okay when he was legging out uh, a ground ball and actually moving um it didn't look too too painstaking so hopefully some of that soreness is um subsided and now like you'd said steve with uh, that it's a perfect indicator but couple more home runs more than he was putting up before over the last most recent stretch before getting called up here. Maybe that means they are really, really starting to get up under him. So, I mean, we won't know until we see it. We're, we're just speculating here. And I think you, I, I think you make a very important point there, Johnny. And that was one of the things that I touched on is I feel like there are too many people within the fan base that are thinking that he is going to just automatically going to add life into this lineup. And all of a sudden things are going to be fixed he's really been an unknown quantity for the last, you know, parts of the two seasons that he's played in 2021 and thus far in 2022, granted that was, you know, very, a very limited sample size here before the hamstring issue. So to come in and expect him to all of a sudden be the thing that reignites this offense and gets it turned around is just not realistic. And so to your point, tempering the expectations for it. And then anything you get out of him at that point is really just gravy at this point because they have been so inconsistent. They have been so helter skelter all season that if you do get consistent performance out of him to where he's providing power, that could be a, a big boon to this lineup. And ultimately we're not going to know for a little while here though.
Yeah, and I just like when we think about that, and obviously, I think at this point, everybody, we, we, I think expectations are tempered across the board, at least when you're talking realistically, like, no, this guy's not going to come in and just hit a home run every game uh, through the end of July here and just provide an absolute spark. Like, I mean, it'd be great if he did, but let's, you know, I, I think everybody's realistic in that regard. But how many times have we said this this year about, oh, they just need this, or this could be the thing that turns it around? And nothing ever is. Maybe one thing gives them a little spark for a couple of games, maybe a series. And then that, and then it wears off, and then they're back to their old malaise. And then it's, what's the next thing here? And guess what? The next hot topic is Eloy. So it's just where we're at in the cycle of the 2022. Expect nothing, White Sox. Well, it, it's funny the the, la- the last thing that I'll kind of touch on here. And then obviously, I, th- I think Anthony's got a couple of points he wants to make here. But you know, one of the pieces that I wrote um, yesterday was just talking about this team's need to start hitting the ball out of the ballpark in order to win games. I saw a stat today on, I think it's pronounced twatter.com that in the Sox last 257 played appearances as a team, they've hit five home runs. The twins hit five home runs tonight. That's a problem. It's not great. So I, I wrote about this, you know, that hitting the ball out of the ballpark, for all these years through through my teenage years and my early 20s, saying that the Sox were too reliant on home runs, that they needed small ball. You go back over 100 years since the beginning of the live ball era, you out-homer your opponent, you win almost three-quarters of every baseball game. It's a very simple formula. Why this team cannot hit the ball out of the ballpark this season is beyond me, but if that is the thing to change, that is ultimately the catalyst to this year. If they start hitting home runs, they will start winning games with more consistency. It it doesn't seem like it should be hard, Steve, but obviously it's been a very, very hard, excuse me, a hard concept. It's a very, very hard practice for them, though, as this group is currently constructed. It's it's not though, guys, and this might be a little bit of a tinfoil hat time. It is Tuesday, right? Like it's it's Tuesday. Tinfoil, tinfoil Tuesday, tinfoil Tuesdays. This is not hard to figure out. Jerry's a smart businessman. He knows that fireworks are a sunken cost. That's why TLR's here. That's why Frank Menachino's here. That's why they're bringing back small ball. They want to watch me suffer. They don't want home runs. They they just don't want that at home, especially at home. They don't want these players hitting home runs because Jerry doesn't want to light off fireworks. That's just the end all be all. He's already given money to Yasmani Grandal and Dallas Keuchel. This is what we're suffering from now. When they had to get rid of Dallas Keuchel, the money had to come from somewhere. The fireworks were the issue. There was a tweet. I saw it. I retweeted it. It's probably my fault. Don't let Jerry see it. He probably saw it. Let somebody else blow off the fireworks. If you've listened to the games for the last two days, there's somebody off that lives near the ballpark who's been blowing off fireworks consistently enough for Jerry to be okay. That's the biggest problem. <laughs> All right. I like it. That's a good tinfoil Tuesday. Guys, the game is back in action. Um, we had a Jose Bray single. Gavin Sheets just flew out, I believe. I kind of got it off on the corner here. So if you see me uh, lunging here, I just pulled up a stream uh, and I'm looking at it. But uh game is back in action. Not that it really matters. I think... This game was over, and I think we were all kind of coming on here expecting to do post game. So maybe this is a good changeup for socks on tap terms here. Uh, maybe you'll get some live commentary throughout the rest of this thing. Makata's up, runner on first, two outs in the bottom of the eighth inning right now. So that's where we're at, um, guys. Other topic of conversation though, when we're talking about injuries. how did we miss the the update? We were just having came, so much fun here. It came, yeah, it came, I like I after we had talked Eloy for a second there, I did go back and check. 
uh, the Twitters just to see really quick. And it was, oh, Dreel Cotton is the new Twins pitcher. And then, okay, there we are. We're back. So um, that's how we missed that, Tony. But another injury. Let's talk another injury guy here. Uh, and that's Yaz going down to start his rehab assignment in Birmingham. We'll hit there Wednesday through the weekend as a DH and then go to Charlotte, work with the catching instructor um, and build his way back up. Expects to be back after the all-star break. So, yes, um, guys, I, I, it's hard to pull this stuff from like a month ago. But if I remember correctly, he had hits in seven of his last eight games before going on the injured list. And he had two multi-hit games within that span, which was unheard of for him before. Unheard of before that. Obviously, with that putrid slash line, you go and look at it. It's like a while to recover from that. But, um not saying he's going to do what he did last year, but it's another bat that you were absolutely banking on uh, for this team in a big run production spot. So I guess it is positive news that Yaz is finally starting the rehab assignment. I mean, somewhat it has to be, right, Johnny? Like, Yaz, Monte Crantal, Eloy Jimenez, you know, Tim, like you can just pile on these injuries uh, this year just like you can last year. And as Yaz said last year, the second half is the better half, right? The the the, the important the fun half. half. Is well, what the I fun half. Said, what yeah. was his? Yeah, the fun half. You hope it is for this White Sox team. Right now, all signs don't point to there being any sort of fun, any sort of I'm not having joy, fun. any sort of. Your Concurrent. Twitter account says it's over right now, so we know where you're at. Um, but like, it's got to be positive news, right, Johnny? You're a big yes guy. Like, you want to see yeah, him I, play baseball like, for the White Sox right now. But is he really? Is he? Is is he the guy that's going to come back and save this that, thing? That's the thing. We've it been saying a team it, fucking been saying it forever. Remember, it's a uh, White Sox sale brought up a good one earlier. I, I missed the comment at the time, but he says Lance Lynn was supposed to be that spark, right? When I'm just talking about how many of these returns or certain change in the schedule or point, whatever it may be. Um, it was supposed to be the, you know, the, the weather warming up, right? That was a Josh Harrison's pitching now. Oh, good God. Good God. Yeah. That's where we're at. Hey, you got his thousandth hit tonight. So there's that. Yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. This guys. is scary. Got, hours yeah, this is, now. this is, this is the real socks on tap after dark. Yeah. This is scary hours. Jenny's. Um, but uh, would I go back to Yaz? Like I had kind of introed that there. Um, it sucks the timing of that injury because I did feel he was starting to see the ball better. Obviously, still not hitting the power that you wanted to see yet, but he hadn't done that all year. Product of his legs, but we knew that from last year, right? We knew that when he could not get the legs going, it was because, or excuse me, he could not get the power going. It was because uh, of the legs underneath him. So what did he do? He just drew walks, and his OBP was still high as shit but he uh, was not able to drive the ball out of the ballpark. Well, whatever. The knee finally gave. Then he had the little procedure, came back in mid-late August, and was arguably one of the most dangerous hitters there. I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but I sure as shit hope it is. They need somebody to be dangerous. They're, I mean, we go back and we look here. You know, It's been, what, 10 days since Tim came back? And, you know, Anthony, you mentioned this in the group text yesterday. Uh, the slash line is not particularly good since he came back. He's not driving the baseball. It's gotten worse. Um, since yeah, I there, texted that. Yeah, too. I mean, there, there what, what was been... it when I texted it. That's my question. It was, uh, it was something putrid. It, yeah, it was. We, we don't need to go into that. I don't think the people that are watching right now need to throw up 
whatever it is they're consuming at this late hour right now, whether it's, uh, you know, a couple, two, three pops or uh, second dinner, whatever it might be. They don't need to throw that up, but it's it's a problem. So somebody in this lineup has to, at some point, get on a little hot stretch here. Um, you know, you even you look at you look at Andrew Vaughn, Andrew Vaughn, like had, you know, this month where he had like an 800 OPS and he slugged 412. Like th- there's just, there's no slugging from this team. And it is the most baffling situation that I can ever remember. You go back and you look last year, and this was one of the things that was in my piece yesterday. They averaged 1.35 home runs per game at home this year. And the numbers are even going to go down since I last wrote it. Going into the game yesterday, it was 0.83 home runs per game. Oof. I mean, that number has been almost cut it in half. It hurts. Right. It, makes me, and, it makes me sad hearing that stuff. You know, I mean, I just, I, I like dingers. I like yeah. dingers. Well, we know they're why fun. they're not hitting them, Steve. We know why they're not hitting them. Yeah, you, you outlined that very eloquently yeah. earlier. Uh, but um, it, it's so it's so frustrating. I just want to I, I want to double down on something that Steve said. There's no slugging. It's station to station. I'm I'm not a huge like small ball guy, but I can see where it has its places, and that's where I respect it. I think a little bit more than a lot of people to to supplement but, when you have yes, the off days where you, you're not hitting the home runs. That's yes, that's, yes, yes. Yeah. You didn't hit a home run all series when you swept the Giants. Like that's. That's good, right? But you also have to have days like today where the ballpark is hot. It's, you know, you hear these guys take a little bit to warm up when the when it's hot. Jose is going to hit home runs and all these little narratives and things that you've seen from year in, year out. And then you get to a game like today where we've talked about it on this show. It all starts right here in the Central Division. And you go up against the Minnesota Twins who have had your number all year. And it feels, guys, like we're once again the little brother. And this was supposed to be our time. So the frustration's warranted. The frustration's absolutely warranted. I'm more or less at the point where, like, how the fuck do you figure it out here? Because you can either pack it up, call it call it a year, trade guys off at the deadline. I still hear some of this stuff. But, like, I still think this team has the ability, if they do it the right way, to have these guys come out of some of these slumps. You know Andrew Vaughn can hit better than he is right now. You know Tim Anderson is better than this stretch right now. You know that you've got Yoan Moncada starting to find gaps just a little bit. Jose Abreu needs to hit more home runs. Is he in the decline? I have no idea. But the offense as a whole this year has been so stagnant. It is like a pond with algae grown over it, yep. and it just looks – disgusting and it should be nice too tony clear flowing water that looks beautiful like there is a problem with this offense it's it's been it it reeks you're right johnny it fucking reeks i'm pretty sure steve can smell it's like it's like the chicago river but like worse he can smell that emulating from 35th and shields all the way out there in northwest indiana pretty sure that's the case i mean i i just assumed it was the uh BP refinery and whiting, but odds are it probably is the stench <laughs> coming from 35th and Shields, if we're being totally honest with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, Antonio, us out here in like the Southwest Burbs, I'm sure we, we can feel a little bit of that too. It's, it's no, not as, no. as yeah, pungent. Yeah. Yeah. Taste it. 
on my yeah. tongue. What was that? <laughs> Ketchup? I mean, like, you go back and you look at you look yesterday, okay? They have eight hits in, in 10 innings, two extra base hits. You get but two extra it, base okay, hits. Okay, so here's and my question. Walks. Here's my question for both of you guys Is that a result of, you know, some of the stuff that we heard just about a week, maybe a week and a half ago, where you've got like five of the starters on running restriction. It was still a problem before that. So. It was a problem before that. So I, I'm trying to rationalize like where we're at. Is it a product of maybe there's your problem there trying to rationalize <laughs> base running. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be up all night trying to figure that one out. I'm just, uh, you know, play into that there, but yeah, Tony, it, it does make you wonder about stuff like that, but no, I, I would, to answer that specifically would be, there's some, there's always luck involved in any sport. Um, I so yeah, there there is sure some unluck, and then the like early in the season, there were definitely some unlucky trends that you were able to go and point out about them smashing some baseballs, but they were just right at guys, right? So he had some like high exit velocity versus you know hard hit rate. It was okay for like stretches, right? And then and it would take Peter it out, Peter out. Right. Yeah, I do this. Sock's insane reading my mind because I was I wasn't gonna break it up since we were talking offense there, but Josh Harrison did get out of a uh, inning uh, rolling up a double play ball, like a fifty-two mile an hour slider. I mean, I think that's whatever, Bestic whatever is registers is on there. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, uh, the the Joe Kelly experience has not been fun. Um, you know, it's the thing that is probably the most frustrating here, and I was talking to Johnny about this before you hopped on Anthony, you know, you look at what the trade deadline coming up and people say, okay, well, are they going to go out and, you know, would they address second base or, or, you know, what, what would they potentially do? The biggest issue is it's not just one thing, you know, they're not getting on base. They're not hitting for power. Their, their pitchers walk too many guys. Now they're giving up a lot of home runs. They're not playing good defense. So it's not like you can just centralize it on just one issue. You've got a multitude of different issues right now that are colliding at the same time. And that's the reason why there has been this tremendous inconsistency throughout the course of the season. And there's been this yo-yo effect where they'll put together two or three games, get everyone's hopes up, and then the starting pitching will falter like it has the last two nights. Or, or yeah, I, I'll take that back because Quato was fine yesterday. But the pitching as a whole will falter. Or they have a stretch like that series against the Dodgers where they go and they score some runs. And then the pitching will falter in that instance. Or you have a base running fuck up like last night. It's There's, just, there's always something that is going wrong. Because they don't have one key facet of the game that you can point to and say they do this really well. Yeah, I mean, there's a certain radio program that's kind of stolen our shtick, guys. Uh, but we, we have been saying it's always something since the beginning. And granted, a lot of that can relate to injuries, but we are talking about the missing piece, Steve. I, I like that one, too. Um, hopefully you don't hear that on your airwaves. AJ, from certain AJ Pollock just place, exploded but... on an umpire. Yeah, and he's saw been that. Tossed. A little fire and passion. Yeah, a little too late. Too little too late there, AJ, but yeah, he, he was not happy about something. How about he explodes out of baseball every once in a while? Yeah, hey, here they hey oh the DJ horn out. Well, <laughs> I feel like we did I feel like we did get some of the streaky good AJ Pollock there for about like I don't there know, were, maybe there a were a couple week, there were there weeks. were a, there were a couple of stretches okay. that I could identify this year, I think. Looked okay. But, 
Yeah. I actually looked at the at these numbers here um, earlier on this morning. Uh, bear with me for one second. You guys talk amongst yourselves. Uh, let me. Yeah, sure. You could do a little well, hashtag research just, over there. It's just we we've talked about you know with the AJ Pollock acquisition in the whole like it always goes back to that and talking about you know Dodger fans that identified that he's like streaky and this and that, but he stepped up in some clutch situations and then when he was going, he was going. And Tony, you and I have talked about that and on when we were mainly when we were getting the picks to click right. And we had to be like, well, AJ Pollock's on a heater right now. And there were like a couple, you know, like a week yeah. and a half, like stretch where we were able to do that. And the next day we're going back and checking in on it. It's like, okay, yeah, like AJ Pollock had a multi-hit game like after that. So I'm sure a bunch of those were probably singles though, Johnny. Right, exactly. Which is what but Steve's that's going to come not, back and say here. That's not an AJ Pollock are... specific problem though. Right, it's not an AJ Pollock yeah. specific problem, but. But it is a problem. You, yeah. yeah, it is a, it is a yes. problem. Steve, what'd you find? I haven't found it yet. Fangraphs is acting okay. up for me a little bit I was, right now. I was, I was going to ask, could you find the mute button or not? But there, there we go. We'll keep talking about. I got, I got, I got, I got that under control here. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep. Let me just go back to the through. research factory. Yeah, quick. you go back to the research factory. There, there was a nice little point in time, Johnny, where AJ Pollock was stringing a couple of games in a row where he was consistently on base, and I think that we've we've also reached a point in Moneyball baseball culture where just getting on base like gives you a reward, right? Like Tim Anderson on base well, all the time. You're still Yasmani doing something. Even... Yeah, you're being productive. However, right yeah. now we are at a very different point in, in White Sox fandom where just getting on base, Johnny, isn't enough. No. Oh, no, no. It, it absolutely is never enough. Even with Yaz, like remember last year, the, the complaints about him early, well – Obviously, then we later learned that it was legs bothering him in the, the strength component. And then when it came when he came back, you saw the potential of what he could actually do. We're talking about adding that power in there. But all right, Steve, looks like you got something there. Okay. Yeah. If you guys are ready to throw up here, this yeah, sure. Coming into tonight, uh, since June 20th in his last 45 plate appearances, AJ Pollock is hitting a robust 163, 200, 186. For a WRC plus of nine. I don't know what WRC plus is, Steve, but that doesn't sound hashtag. Uh, let me tell me tell you this. Uh, 100 is league average. Oh, yeah. Oh, nine yeah. is the number. Oh, yeah. Terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. That's uh, not so going to get it done it, there. As the kids might say, he's down bad, Steve. Wow. They would say that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, game's over. By the way, game's over. I'm just trying to turn around to check here. Game's over. That's that's. It's not good, guys. It's not Six good. Six and a half out. It's yeah. not good. I hate right. to be the bearer of bad news here, but um, if you go back and if you look throughout the course of this team's franchise history, they have never made the postseason when they have been more than seven games back of first place at any point so tomorrow is a very important game because if they lose this one tomorrow then they are going to have to overcome 121 years of franchise history to do yep. something they have never done before to cross the threshold of that but hey everything's fine still obvious yeah this is fine 
Can we yeah. get like the fire yeah, background? The, the fight, like, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the room's on fire. <laughs> this yeah. is fine. This is fine. Yeah. Um, guys, all right. It wouldn't I know we've talked a lot about the offense here in the in the first half of this, but obviously game's over here now. So just a couple observations from this game, and that would be Michael Kopeck and uh Steve and I had a little bit of a conversation before it went live on the airwaves here. So Steve, I want to uh talk with you a little bit about Michael Kopeck, and you had an interesting theory that we'll get to, but um obviously command not there. It, it has not been as much um um, in recent times and he granted earlier in the season he had a few one-off here or there was where he was not hitting the locations like he would like to but was able to recover from it with, with some other uh sort of inducing ground balls or getting a lot of strikeouts ragging them up afterward uh in tonight's game a lot of long ball against him i do not have the final box score up against me is still loading here but uh it, it it was not great, and that's what put him down. But even if he threw a gem, granted, it wouldn't have mattered tonight with, with uh, you know, the Sox not doing anything for him offensively. Uh, Steve, you have a theory, though, about Kopech, especially hasn't looked the same. So it's coming back from the knee. What do you got for the people? Okay, well, so I have the final line for tonight, four and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs, four home runs, four walks, and five strikeouts. So that now takes him on the year to a 334 era it really looks like he's hitting a dead arm period here right now and you know we all kind of knew coming into the season that he was going to be on innings limitations and i think a lot of us had kind of speculated that we thought maybe 130 was going to be the number he's now at 72 and two-thirds innings on the year so we're about half we're a little more than halfway past the threshold that we thought that they were going to have at this point for him. I honestly think right now it would probably be best for Michael Kopech and even for this team right now, because he's struggling so much if they just shut him down until after the all-star break. And that's probably going to be very unpopular with a segment of the fan base, but the stuff is not crisp right now. Um, the, the fastball velocity is 93-94 with consistency, and he's just not fooling hitters the way that he was early on in the season. You go back and you look at that start in Yankee Stadium on Sunday night. You look at that start against the Dodgers. He has not looked the same since then. Obviously, that, uh, that start against Texas when he had the knee issue, when everything kind of popped, it hasn't looked the same since that point. So... I I think that we're probably just at a point here, and we knew this was going to come at some time during the season, that that dead arm period was going to come along there, and this was going to happen. And it looks like it's here right now. So how they go about managing it from this point is going to be kind of interesting. I mean, I don't know if maybe they throw a phantom IL stint out there, and then maybe you – bring Jimmy Lambert back up and try to maybe piggyback him with someone like Ronaldo Lopez or something, but it just doesn't look right at this point. And he's really not putting the team in a position to win baseball games the last three or four times out there, because he's going out there, he's falling behind too many counts. He's walking guys with consistency and he's giving up the long ball. And that was something he was not doing early on in the season. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, Stephen. It's the long ball is such a killer, and you saw it on full display uh, in his outing tonight. And if we, we get the box up here, I'll actually give you his final line. Finally load for me. So eight, uh, four and two-thirds, eight hits, six earned runs, four walks, five strikeouts, four home runs, though. Four home runs, 
Um, that is the concerning uh, factor there, obviously along with the walks there. But Steve, I, I would tend to agree with you in terms of the course of action. And I think they would more go about it with a phantom IL um, sort of deal that we've seen that in the past, what, the, how they managed Carlos Rodon last year. Um, I feel like that's more of their course of action with that. But I agree with you. He, he's just not as effective and it sucks. It sucks because you've seen the potential of where he can be from some of his starts earlier in the season. But at the same time, I also concur with you that we knew that there was going to be a period like this. So as disappointing as everything has been, and I'm sure there's plenty of other issues compounding it right now, um, may just be in his best interest, team's best interest, to echo basically just repeating your fucking words here, Steve. But, Tony, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it as well. Hey, I mean, honestly, my my kind of thoughts here go back to something I said a little bit earlier, and, and negative energy yields negative results. The, the, just the aura around the team right now isn't good. You know what Michael Kopech can be. You know he's a big energy pitcher. You know he's a guy that thrives on some of that stuff. It, it's, it's really hard to go out there and know that the offense isn't going to be able to carry you through some of these ball games and it's got to be starting to wear on some of these white Sox pitchers where where you know if you've got that adrenaline rush you've got that ability to go out there and know that your team's competing i mean it, it you look at what johnny cueto's done and that's the one com, like comp that i want to draw here he he's taken his licks but he's a vet Kopech's not there yet he hasn't had that good team behind him that's you know, allowed him to work the the same way that you've seen Michael Kopech work in some of these leads. And man, we've already seen Michael Kopech have his struggles with things that he deals with off the field and all this other stuff. It's got to be fucking mentally exhausting to go out there and have a good start ruined by having your shit kicked in, in your last inning or, or whatever it is. I, I just, I really think that his biggest problem right now might not even be himself. It's just the way the team's fucking playing. This guy has all the talent in the world. I think he can, I think he can turn it around, but yeah, maybe you do need a week off. Maybe you need a week away from the club to go get yourself right. Let the, let things just get back to normal because this looks exhausting out there for him. I saw him today. I know it was a hot day, but it was as I called Steven on my drive home from the office today. It wasn't as hot as it was out here in the suburbs at 35th and Shields. That dude was out there sweating bullets by the third inning, overworking himself. It looked rough. And you don't want to see him like that in those situations because it it, it leads to conversation like this. I Something has to change. I that. think we're we're putting together the equation here, and that's the uh, addition there in that, Tony. And we were talking about the mental aspect of it and the surroundings, right? And the kind of support, the, the morale sort of. Yeah. If we're not going to get any run support, so I got to be perfect. That kind of thing. I'm sure that factors in as well. Pressure. But when, when I go back to Steve's too, you're, you're not seeing the same ride on the fastball. Sure, he jumped up a little bit more, but maybe that's because of just the weather conditions in terms of uh, everything was a little bit more lively, and a little bit humid humid today too. Uh, so you get some grip on the ball that, that can let you spin it a little extra. So I will say the fastball did jump up 96 a few times uh, higher than we had seen. But I think it's an addition there. It's those physical issues that he's having there in within the dead arm period. Then plus morale, the, the energy side of it too. add that together. And I think we should see a fan of high Alston. And guess what? It's also good timing wise. Um, if you were to do that now, because that all-star break is coming up there. So um, may just be the time to do it, but 
that, that's that's what we got on Michael Kopech. Other than that, guys, today this one was a stinker. I don't have too too much else to add here. Um, Josh Harrison bought you an inning at the end there, so hopefully that bullpen squad that went out there on Monday night is able to go for Wednesday's finale because you got to salvage this, Steve. Yeah, getting swept at home by by Minnesota would be how you say not great, Bob. That would drive him to zero and six on the year against the Twins, and we saw in 2020 what can happen when you are unable to take care of business head-to-head against an opponent. That ultimately is what cost the Sox a division title when they went 2-8 and eight against Cleveland. So being in an 0-6 hole will be very problematic, and again, that would drop them to 7.5 back overall. So tomorrow really is a big game for this team. Lance Lynn, veteran guy, um, we know he's going to be amped up for this and he's one of the leaders on this team. He's one of the guys that has pitched in world series and pitched in big game situations. So going into this spot tomorrow, there's I think probably two guys that you would want on the mound. It would be him or Johnny Cueto just because of their experience and what they have gone through throughout the course of their careers. And somebody then on the position player side has to step up. And somebody has to say, you know, today's the day we're going to turn this fucking thing around because we can't let these motherfuckers sweep us on our home field. That guy has to be either Tim Anderson or Jose Abreu, Steve. And that's kind of the, I guess, the hill I'm going to die on tonight. Teams look to leaders in these situations. And if the leaders aren't leading, it's really hard to break through some of that stuff. Jose's had a decent stretch. I'd like him hitting the ball out of the ballpark more. But just as we were talking a little bit earlier on this show, where's the fire and passion, Steve? The fire, the passion, where is it from from TA right now? Where is it? You know, it almost kind of makes you wonder, those little rumors and speculations that you heard a day before he came back, is something weighing on him? Very well could be. Yeah. I mean, you saw a little bit of emotion and struggle uh, with with some calls today from TA. I'm, I'm just, you know, if we talk about this guy as the, the, the straw that stirs the drink, the guy that sets the tone, I mean, you're setting a bad tone from the onset. You're, you're, onset. you're the leadoff guy, not leading shit right now. It's got to be better. Yeah, and if, 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 if I'm looking at somebody tomorrow, I want that to be TA. I want him to be mad. I want him to hate the twins as much as NWI Steve hates the fucking twins because you're the shortstop of the Chicago White Sox and getting swept at home should be fucking unacceptable. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Tony. I think you add Lance Lynn into that. So Lance can do it in his, uh, I'm talking about instances where he can show it and show the fans and your team that you're in that. Obviously, Lance, we know about his nut grabs, his yelling as he comes off the mound, big strikeouts, all those are opportunities. Well, guess what? Tim Anderson's going to have to get himself on base. He's going to have to hit a uh, ball in a big spot uh, that's driving in runs or whatever. So then he can do his celebration. So we can, you know, uh, bang the uh, knuckles together. Uh, on second base after he brings home two for an RBI double um, or after he, uh, you know, they somehow were able to launch a home run leading off this thing. Um, a bat flip might do the trick, guys. They need that or, you know, if uh, Eloy 
if he is back tomorrow and if he's in the lineup, let's see if he's still got that ice in those veins. Good one. Yeah. Last thing I have here, Johnny, you talked about Lance Lynn and the nut grabs. I saw your favorite Twitter account follow, Chris Bowden, today provide a hot take out there that said snot rackets over nut grabs. And I feel that that was just a shot at Lance Lynn. Yeah. I need your response to this. Yeah, well, um, Lance is one of my favorite pitchers in the game, so I immediately side with Lance on this because the nut grab's cool. And I like the yelling, too. That that does it for me, too. The kind of, like, you know, as he, like, swings his arm and is starting to blare out his expletives towards the camera or the dugout or wherever direction he is walking. Sometimes he'll turn it around and do it there. But, I mean, um, the, the snot rocket, it's, uh, that, that can be for show. Um, because sometimes you don't always have something in the chamber there, but guess what? Wearing athletic compression shorts, you always got to readjust the nuts. So nut grabs over nut rackets hundred percent of the time. Tony. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what Steve has here and then I'll give my final thoughts on. Oh yeah. No, nut I'm, team, I'm, and, and nut I'm, grabs. I'm team nut grab team nut grab. I'm surprised that snot rockets are still legal in, in post COVID era. That's, yeah. that's my final thought yeah. here. How can somebody just I'll like see. give that take so yeah. anti like you know culture right now johnny i'll turn it back over to you yeah no guys um it was interesting setup here doing this rain delay stuff but i think we hit on a bunch of good topics here so um you know i kind of carried in from the the end of that rain delay through the rest of this game and got a little bit of post game commentary here but guys it would just be fucking embarrassing uh, to get swept on your home field against the twins and obviously um that, that's just secondary to the feeling our feelings here it would be the mathematicals of that steve you had brought up the white Sox never um you know Coming back from a what seven plus um, division, uh, tra- you know, uh, kind of trail there, and this would put them seven and a half back. So it's do or die. And I'm gonna be out the ballpark tomorrow, so I'll be bringing the energy. I'll be wearing the fear of the beard shirt. Hopefully, that brings some good vibes there. Um, I'm doing my part, so I hope everyone else at home, you're doing yours. And then obviously, the White Sox need to fucking get it done on the field, do their part um, between the lines tomorrow at 35th and Shields. So I've got as my final thought, my pick to click. Um, I'll go Andrew Vaughn. He's in the lineup. If he is back tomorrow, I'm just going to say, fuck it. I'm just going to roll with Eloy. Tony, I think yours is pretty obvious. It's definitely Roger Bossard tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Or Tim Anderson, after all be, that, that you kind of talked about. <laughs> I mean, Roger had the best play of the day all day by oh, okay. you know, You're slicking going for secure- that. Slicking You're going for that, security here. Yeah. Slicking that grass up. So, uh, you know, we, we had to, uh, an extra base hit out of that. But th- you know what? Yeah, I'll go Tim Anderson. I'll go Tim Anderson, Johnny. I'll, I'll I'll double down on this. Tim Anderson needs to step up tomorrow, we, set the yeah. tone. I, I, been, want, I want the bat flip. You've been big on the speak it into existence. I think we uh, provided the basis for that. But I want obviously. the bat flip. I want, I want a home run from Tim Anderson. I concur. Needs to play out. So, yeah. all right, listeners, thank you for tuning in through all of this. We appreciate you uh, giving your commentary in here. It's been fun uh, doing a little rain delay theater slash post game show here on Socks on Tap. It's presented by ontapsportset.com. So, make sure you're going there for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Give us a follow on social media at Socks on Tap at ontapsportsnet. Go like, subscribe, and rate wherever you listen to your podcasts. This episode will be up there shortly after we are done recording. So, Until next time, guys, avoid the sweep and White Sox forever. White Sox forever.
White Sox for life.